0: Hey, it's Chris, the Drone Geek, as As per usual on this channel. I wanted to make a quick announcement here. As you've seen in the title of this video, this is a new episode of the Let's Talk Drones podcast. After a long hiatus, we're back on it. We're getting guests for the podcast. So we'll be picking back up with regular episodes of the Let's Talk Drones podcast. And today's is particularly exciting because we're starting this new and improved version of both Let's Talk Drones and Let's Talk Drones, the podcast with the one, the only Billy Kyle, really excited to have Billy on. So without further ado, let's talk drones. What's up, it's Chris, the drone geek, and welcome to another episode and the new revamped version of the Let's Talk Drones podcast. Today, I am joined by two friends very excited to finally get back to it, especially with these two guys. A face that we know we're familiar with. Of course, the great Jordan Handworker. He's got yeah, his little pumpkin on there. ugly face, though, man. <laughs> no, nah, it's not ugly. I like your face. I like it. That's why I bring Thanks, you back. You, can, I, can I put it on a pillowcase for you? I don't know if I like it that much. Well, then you don't like it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's subjective, but the the other person that we don't, have not had on the show before, but uh, very very happy to have him here today is uh, Mr. Billy Kyle. Now, what's Billy, up? It's awesome to have you here, man. We're so excited when you came back on Twitter and you were like, "Yeah, let's do it!" I, like Jordan and I got pumped about it. We were yeah, very good. That's excited. awesome. Yeah, I'm happy so, to be
1: here. So anything no, anytime, anytime drones are involved, I'm game. So,
0: <laughs> and well, you know and-
2: that's go ahead, Jordan. I was going to say, well, because you and Ken had a podcast going on there for a long time. I was like, what happened to that? Yeah, a little bit. I think that he started doing his
1: live stream and then I just kind of Mm. fell off. So it was it was kind of a mixture of a couple different things. But we've been talking about potentially
0: bringing it back. So we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, you should, man. You should. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Billy, you know. As for me, like I started my YouTube channel, I started my drone platforms and there were a few guys that I really looked to for for inspiration. I mean, you guys are the ones that got me excited and, you know, Ken Heron, of course, Ken from Original Dobo, yourself. I mean, you guys are the big three for me. Can you tell me a little bit? Yeah, I I mean, you guys do awesome work. So it's like, thank you. You're the you're the gold standard, man. We try to get to where you're at. But (laughs) how did you get started? I know there are a lot of people that are like me that look at somebody like you and they're like, man, he's living the dream. Tell us a little bit about your journey.
1: Yeah, so I first uh, purchased a drone back in 2016. It was the Phantom 4, and I was actually graduating high school at the time. Which you know, this is like six, almost seven years ago. And when I was coming out, I saved a bunch of money from a pizza job. I was flipping pizzas, and you know, part of me probably should have saved that money to go to college to like, you know spend on food and things that I needed, but instead I spent it all on a drone. And at that time I was still kind of in the, in the period of my life where I needed to ask my parents for permission to make purchases that were like larger than like a hundred dollars, you know? So <laughs> I asked them if I could buy this drone with my own money. And they were like, no, no, no. They shut me down. And it's funny because my parents are divorced. So I played them against each other. Right. I said, <laughs> I said, true. you know, um, Oh, Hey mom, uh, you know, dad, Dad doesn't want me to get the drone, but he's going to buy one for his business. And then my mom was like, get the drone, get the drone. So she was cool with it. And once she gave me the okay, I bought the Phantom 4 from Best Buy using this money that I saved up. <clears throat> and um, I actually wanted to also build a computer with that money, but I didn't have enough to, like, get the parts that I wanted. So the drone was it. Like, it was on sale. And uh, the reason it was on sale is because the Mavic Pro was about to come out. I didn't know that. So purchased Phantom 4. And, you know, there was a couple of guys that I was watching their videos to really get into it. Ken Heron being one of them. I mean, he was, he had been posting videos for a while on drones before I got started. And I also watched uh, this guy, Michael, he's got a YouTube channel, Detroit Borg. He does a lot of like technology videos and he actually had a video on the Phantom 4 that I watched and it got me really psyched. So I was like, yeah, this is what I got to do. I got to spend all my money on this drone. So I did. And immediately I realized like, I don't really know how to fly it. And there wasn't many people teaching people how to fly it. So I was like, let me learn and then make videos about it because my first drone video got like 300 views and I was like, man, this is awesome. I got to keep doing this. So I just <laughs> kind of like kept pounding the pavement after that. And, and the rest is history. And then from there, you know, I, I had this drone and I thought to myself, I've got to put this thing to work other than just making YouTube videos to try and like help pay for it. Because of course, YouTube, even when you have a larger channel, the ad revenue doesn't pay all that well, so yeah, I, I had to put it to work, and, and that's kind of my story.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's good. That, it does. Sound, that sounds like a pretty solid story. Now, you use your drones for other things. I mean, you have a business, correct, based mm-hmm. out of the Philadelphia area.
1: Yeah, so it's you know pr- it's primarily drones, but it's other photography services too. I mean, I, I quickly learned that like. If someone's going to hire you to take photographs of a home for sale, you know, they don't just want the drone photos. They also want like regular photos of the inside of the home and of the grounds and stuff like that. So I quickly realized that even though I wanted
0: to just do drones, uh, people were in need of other services too. Yeah, and I think that's maybe like the number one most overlooked thing when people get into flying drones. They think I can buy the drone and then the whole business is going to be based on the drone. And the barrier of entry is just so low that it's like that you you can't do that. You have to have something that you use the drone for to actually generate the revenue.
1: Yeah, and... um there's actually a guy in my in in Philadelphia elevated angles on Instagram that has basically a drone only company and he's killing it. I mean he's doing a really good job so there is the need for it but just the people that I was interacting with I found that there was that necessity to also be using you know uh, like like a camera on the ground for photography or for video. So combining that was really what helped me take my business to a spot where I could you know do that full time and it wasn't just a side hustle. So and, and you know what I see is like when people get into flying drones, no matter if it's just for a hobby or if it's for uh, commercial work or for for any reason. The people that come into it that are already photographers will be able to make better use of their drones compared to the people that try to get into the industry that are, say, pilots. Like they have their private pilot's license and they just think that they're going to get into drone flying and they're going to start this company or they're going to take these beautiful photos. I find that the people that are that come from a photography background or video background just seem to have like a better knack for flying the drone and getting better results with it.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Jordan, you sort of have, I mean, a, 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 feeling for that. I mean, you've used drones, but you also use photography equipment, video equipment. Um, I mean, tell us a little bit about what you do. It's been a while since we talked to you. Uh, I just make video. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
2: mean, although like, uh, I, I mean, originally when, like, when I first got my first drone, it was like a little, uh, uh Yeah. So, and then after that one flew away, I went and got a DJI spark because I was like, you know what? I'm not going, I'm not going to uh, waste money on drones. We're just going to fly away after like uh, a week of me owning them. So then I like got super into flying drones once I got that. And there's a lot of pretty big name accounts. I mean, even smaller ones at the time, I mean, this was 2019. So it was like, that was probably when Ken, like original Dobo had like less than 10,000 followers. I mean, Billy Kyle, I think you had like maybe like 50 or 60 or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So it was like, I mean, Ken Heron, uh, Dustin Dunnell for sure. Cause like he was also, I think one of the bigger influences of why I bought the spark. Uh, and then it just kind of took off from there. And then I was going to get into real estate, but it was very hard to do that in Florida. Cause uh, everybody down here apparently does real estate photography yeah. and they like to undercut people, which is kind of weird. Cause I know like up North, you guys get like bank doing that shit, even for like small houses, but down here is a different game.
1: Yeah. I I know in speaking with Ken, he's had that same issue. It can be like a race to the bottom. And really that's, that's an issue. I think within like the photo and video space, like everybody is willing, at least there's somebody out there that's willing to do it for free. Like somebody, you can find a photographer that's looking to get exposure to do it for free. But then as the person hiring that photographer, you run the risk of not getting what you want at all, you know, because it's probably somebody that is relatively new and, and is looking for experience. And I don't, I don't, I don't shame anybody that's going to do free work because I did that all the time. And quite frankly, I'll still do it sometimes if I really want to try and make a good impression. I won't maybe do it entirely for free, but I'll do something where like I'll do like, let's say it's a shoot for a for a home. I'll do the real estate photos and then charge for those, but do like a free set of aerial photos just to kind of like sweeten the pot. So there are always tactics that, you know, you can use to try and get more business.
2: Oh, for sure. And you don't know who
0: knows who. Like, I mean, I just had a I just got off a phone call right before we jumped into the the uh, podcast. A guy called me and asked me if I could do his kid plays top warner football. And he asked me if I could come and just fly the drone around and get some shots of his kid playing football for four weekends in a row. And you know, I as I was hearing him out, I was sort of like uh, I don't know, you know, what What could this possibly pay? This is going to be a big commitment of time and energy. Mm-hmm. And then I found out as we were talking and I said, well, look, I'll do it for this. And, you know, just leave me a good review on my Google business page. We're good. And uh, then he revealed to me, he said, well, I'm opening Aritas uh, next year in Lancaster City. He said, so I'd love to have you come in and do some video work for me there. And I was like, oh, well, that made the free work all worth it, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, yep. You just gotta watch sometimes because like some of these people will try to promise that free work and then it never happens. You know, I mean, people are all talk sometimes, especially when it comes to video. I mean, the amount of people that hit me up that go, Oh, you know, it's my 2022 resolution to do more video in the upcoming year. You have like these phone calls with them and then like crickets. I mean the amount of people that I spoke to in the beginning of the year that never hit me back up I was just like this is such a
2: long list <laughs> oh yeah for sure i actually so like i when i first started i i reached out to realtors i'm like hey you know I just got my part 107 uh i'm interested and interested in getting into real estate photography i would love to come out and shoot a property even like because like i even said like i would do uh one property for free but if you want to work you know in the future together you know we'll we'll figure out pricing and stuff like that i actually had a couple of realtors just reached out to me because I did one for free for this one lady. And then there's a couple of other ones that saw some of the videos and just reached out and hired me on, but it's like super hard to get in with the realtors. Like real hard. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what a lot of them, first of all, it's a, it's a, it's
1: very much a word of mouth business. Um, you know, these realtors talk all the time within their office, within their meetings and stuff like that. So once you get in there, your name will start to spread like wildfire. I mean, I've tried to do some promotions and really haven't done much promotions. I mean, like advertisements on Facebook and stuff, and they usually just don't work, but, um, yeah, it's very much a word of mouth business. And also these real estate agents can sometimes just be complete like assholes. I mean, really just to put Mm -hmm. it bluntly, you know, so
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a very like in the real estate community I know that's it's a challenge because like ability to speak to your point, it is all word of mouth. So if you make a good yeah. impression or you're connected with the right kinds of realtors, you can really grow your business portfolio there fast. But where it gets complicated is when you do run into the people that are a little bit more difficult to deal with. Um, and the way that that community is set up, it's like if one person has one bad thing to say about you, that's like a wildfire. And then all of a sudden yep. there are three realtors that don't want to work with you because of that one interaction you had. Uh, so yeah. you do have to be careful in that, in that one.
1: Yeah, it's totally true. I mean, you know, I, uh I work, and it's funny because some of the agents don't want to share your information. Like they think that you, they have something that's like, you know, that's, uh that's, that they only want in terms of like photography. So I work with a couple of agents that refer me like crazy. Like, oh, I got your name from so-and-so. I got your name from so-and-so. Like constant referrals. But then there's other times where I work with agents that are like whales. Like they do a lot of business and they never refer me. So I'm like, they probably don't want me getting too busy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. They want you available. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we talked a little bit about your journey from when you started YouTube to where you are now, which is arguably one of the top, YouTube personalities when it comes to the drone industry. Um, You know, Jordan said something that I I have to ask. I know that you really were focused on, I want to get the Phantom 4 with the money that you had from your pizza job. Did Mm -hmm. you have any other interest in any other drones before you got to that point? Did you ever own like a Spark or did you ever own like a SnapdIn or anything like that? This episode of the Let's Talk Drones podcast is brought to you by The Droning Company, the number one online resource for commercial remote pilots based in the United States. If you've got your part 107, there's no reason not to check out The Droning Company at thedroningcompany.com and across all major social media platforms. They've got a second-to-none job board plus a fully customizable profile for you on your pilot page. You can add pictures, videos, any work that you've done, whether it's mapping, multimedia, thermals, whatever it is you use drones for, you can put your work on your professional profile. You can use that passively on the website or actively as a portfolio that you send to other companies that you want to do drone work for. There's really no reason not to sign up. And the best part of the droning company is they take nothing off the top off of any jobs that you get on their online job board. If it says $300, you get $300 dollars no strings attached again check them out online the and across all major social media platforms no so it's funny the spark
1: came out after the phantom so remember like up until this point when the phantom 4 released it was basically only phantoms from dji they had the inspire as well and maybe they were starting to work on some enterprise class drones but really it was like the phantom 4 was like the last like phantom before they exploded their product lineup into all the foldable drones so really before then my my extent of of you know i guess drones came from just little cheap toy helicopters you fly inside which i always thought was fun like i really enjoyed like rc cars and rc helicopters uh you know just cheap ones like like not Nothing you'd build your, yourself, you buy it from, like, say, Toys R Us back in the day, right? So those were the things that I was into when I was younger. And I also was interested in photography as well, but not to the point where, like, I owned a camera or anything like that, but just to where whenever I had a camera in my hands, it was always something that I found fun, whether it was, uh, you know, doing stuff with the family, doing stuff, you know, for for making stupid little youtube videos like i always had fun creating videos creating photos so i kind of blended those together with the drone and really what sparked my interest in it was my lacrosse coach who purchased a drone to record our practices and he bought the phantom 3 advanced at the time i think with a phantom 3 professional It it was one of those two and i just remember seeing that drone and i was like so impressed by everything about it. I was like, I'm so used to flying these stupid little toy drones and then I see that thing to the point where it's like a It's like a well-built machine that will actually sit there and hold its altitude and it's easy to fly. So that really sparked my interest once I saw him flying the drone and I was like hooked immediately after that. And so funny because me and my friends always used to make fun of his drone. Like at lacrosse practice, we'd make pretend to like hit, like we'd throw the balls at it, but we'd like just miss it, right? So like we were always messing with him. (laughs) And then it's just so funny because now it's like what I base
0: my profession on is what I was making fun of him for. (laughs) Does he he ever hit you up and go, ha, 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 the joke's on you?
1: <laughs> uh, no, not not really. I, you know, I haven't talked to him in probably over a year. But he, he was always a, a really great guy, and it was cool to see that. You know, it, we we have talked about it afterwards because he knows that I fly drones, and you know, we we're talking about. And he was like, "You got to come." He, he like, and he's got a lot of different gig like a lot of different jobs he's a good entrepreneur he's always doing different stuff but during the winter time he sells christmas trees so he's like you gotta come over and take some pictures of my christmas tree lot (laughs) but no (laughs) he's a good dude and he definitely sparked my interest in drones because if i if i didn't i mean i would have probably seen a drone at some point in time in my life but like had i not seen it at that point i don't think i would have gotten as hooked on it you know
0: yeah yeah, I, I have, I guess, a similar backstory. I, I, my first exposure with drones was actually I worked at a bank as a marketing director and the CEO of the bank, who was my direct report boss, he got a drone from the board of directors for a Christmas present. And he was flying it through, like, the lobby of the corporate headquarters. <laughs> and so I was just sitting there, you know, past, like, just feeling like it was a ridiculous thing to watch happen, this 65-year-old man flying this drone around, <laughs> laughing like a child. I, I was like, that is actually kind of cool. You know, that was something that really started yep. to, like, get the ball rolling for me, too.
1: Yeah, it's it's like once you see it, you become hooked. I mean, the amount of people that, like when I'm showing up to a home to photograph it and I fly the drone, they're like, I've thought about one. And they look at it and they go, I'm going to buy one now. Because it's just like, I don't think that people understand like the power of them. Like they don't understand like how they work. And like, again, like I said, like how, how good of a machine it is, right? Like, it's not just like a little toy. Like these things are really, really accurate, really precise. And it goes back to my parents when I was trying to, you know, tell them that I, you know, ask them to buy the drone. I think they thought it was a toy, right? But then, like, I remember bringing it over to my dad's after I purchased it, and I took off, and he
0: was blown away. He was like, I did not expect this at all. Yeah, it's uh it's sort of mind-blowing to see, like, how people that either aren't familiar with it or even just older generations that are interested but don't really have the means or haven't really pulled the trigger on buying something like that for themselves. Like, I'll fly – my dad's fascinated with FPV drones now, you know, because yeah. I, I, got, I have the, the R C CineLog, and I've got the Avada, and I've also got the DJI FPV. And, you know, just flying those for him, he's blown away at how fast they are, how they maneuver. But, I mean, anytime you fly a drone around him, he gets excited, too. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is interesting how people underestimate just how powerful they are.
1: It, yeah, look, you're, you're absolutely right because, uh, you know, and think about the average person, how many questions they have. How high can it go? How far can it go? How long can it fly? Right. So really there's a lot of people that are, that are curious about these drones. And what I think is cool is like everybody is interested in drones. Like you're, it's, it's tough to find somebody that doesn't like drones, but I also think that it's one of those things that not everybody needs to have, you know, like a smartphone. So that's why like when you look at a lot of the, the videos in the drone space, you know, I think that I think that it's a it's a, such a niche that you can kind of only reach a certain threshold to the point where you're like you've kind of maxed out on how many people that that can follow you. Like for me, I I don't expect my channel to grow much more, but I'm super happy with the group of people that I have following me just because I don't know. I mean, I, I see drones as as
0: again like a fairly small niche. So yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Jordan, you, you've been, you're doing a couple of drone giveaways right now and you're experiencing sort of like a growth phase yourself. And can you, you know, tell us a little bit about that compared to like just a conversation with Billy, who's sort of gotten there, you know, what's it like for us down here, you know? Oh, it's miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, I mean, so
2: the first two that I'm giving away are like these little cheap ones. Uh, B and H had them on sale. They're like snapped in. They're like cheap little Wi-Fi drones. They're, uh. One of them's okay. The other one is just kind of like a shitty one. But uh, I have a mini SE that I bought. I'm going to give that away too. But uh, oh, it's nice. kind of hard. Man. Yeah.
1: The the mini SE is um, my first flight of the mini SE is like one of my most viewed videos on my channel, which is crazy. I mean, I guess that vi- I guess that drone is like super super
2: popular. It's like the would cheapest you- DJI drone you can get now. So it's yeah, probably why. But would I you mean, say it's, that,
0: like it's... Would, would you say that like it's Frankenstein sort of nature, like that it's the amalgamation of the Mini One and Mini Two is sort of what makes people interested in it? I I think it's more of the price, but you know the the Frankenstein nature of it is interesting because if
1: you think about it, it's almost like they're not they're not doing anything different between that drone and the Mini Two because the Mini the Mini One and the Mini Two arguably was just a software upgrade. I mean, really, like. Yeah. Being able to shoot 4K video, being able to um, take raw photographs, like those were the two big things, in my opinion, that was like the upgrade from Mini 1 to Mini 2. And the Mini 2 or the Mini 1 could have probably done that right out of the gate, but they just limited it by software. Like they're like, no, you only get 2.7K. So mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating that they're trying to sell this drone for as little as they are, yet it's basically a Mini 2. Like it's just, yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> they, they slap a different badge on there and they, you it's know, it's like a, a Mini them. One 1.5. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. Well, the messed up so, thing too is like it's just like, I mean, it's two point seven k, so it's it's bottom tier, but it's I, it kind of reminds me of the Spark a little bit. I mean, just besides yeah, being foldable. Yeah, what is the price of that drone? It's like two hundred and twenty dollars. Uh, two. Well, I just paid two eighty nine on Amazon for one. I couldn't find it any cheaper okay. than that, but.
0: I think right now in the two the mini two still retails on like B and H for like three ninety nine or four ninety nine. It's somewhere in there. It's like between four and five hundred dollars. DJI's old drones rarely go on sale. Like I think that there's
1: like mm-hmm. it, it either stays on sale, e- even if a new drone's come out, it stays on sale for the same price, or they just straight up discontinue it and get rid of it. Like you don't see them still offering the original Mavic Pro for only like five hundred bucks. Like they've just totally gotten rid of it, you know. Yeah. But when when the Mavic two came out, the Mavic Pro still kind of had a had a spot in their lineup because that was a thousand dollars. The Mavic two Zoom was twelve hundred fifty, and the Mavic two Pro was fifteen hundred. At least that was before their initial price increase. But still, like it's just really interesting to see how they're like we're either going to sell it for full price or just get rid of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Because like. Uh, I got the DJI FPV. So it was like, it was on sale on Best Buy's website for nine ninety nine, and like a week or two before that, I think it was like twelve ninety nine or something. And then it just stayed at nine ninety nine. Like, it hasn't moved mm. that price since. And so, like, yeah, I keep telling people, I'm like, I'm like, if you look at it this way, if you get the DJI FPV kit, you get the FPV, the goggles, and the RC. But if you look at the price of the RC and the goggles by themselves, like it's almost the exact same price. So I think it's, yeah, free basically almost at that point.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I um I still think that we've got probably like an FPV drone too in the works, which would be nice, you know, because the FPV drone is a totally different beast than the Avada.
0: Yeah. What, what? Yeah, and that's I get I get sort of I, I'm not annoyed. Annoyed maybe a strong word, but like there's this premise out there that the Avada is like the successor to the FPV in terms of like just the way that you fly them. Okay. Maybe, but in terms of their capabilities, they are two completely different things. And I always have to tell people like that is not totally correct. What you're saying there.
1: Yeah. Built for two different things, built for two different, you know, types of flight. I think that they probably should have come out with the Avada first and then the FPV drone, you know, because there still are some things about the FPV drone about its speed. That's just like, Whoa, this thing is like crazy fast and crazy powerful that you know i I think would have gone over a lot better if they had been coming from the avada but now it's kind of like when you get the avada it's like it's slower but like it's also a better drone so it's it's kind of a tough it's kind of at a tough spot but i still think that it's it's a better buy over the
0: fpv drone for most people yeah i i've been watching a lot of reviews because i i just got the avada so i'm doing a lot of review videos on different aspects of it and you know Ken has done some really good ones on there. Yeah. Um, I just saw one today where a guy, you know, didn't even go into manual mode with it. He just did sport and normal mode. But it it really is like at first I was sort of like, that's confusing. Why wouldn't he go over manual mode and talk about how to do that? But then I thought the majority of people that will look at something like the Avada are probably going to be in that normal and sport mode for you know, the foreseeable future, just because it totally. is, it's is—it's not marketed as an entry-level drone, but it certainly is. It's got that reputation as like some a beginner's FPV drone.
1: Yeah. I mean, with a CineWoop, you're not going to be doing much like freestyle flight, right? Like you're not going to be doing a lot of flips and whatnot. So you're going to be level with the horizon, at least trying to be, you know, cruising around. So at that point in time, it's almost like, why don't they just, you know, fly in sport mode or fly normal mode. I mean, today I was, uh, taking some photos and videos of a demo job. Like they were totally demolishing this building and, um, they actually have it open now to where it's just like, kind of like a shell. So there's a bunch of openings. And I was like, I'd be stupid if I didn't fly my Avada through all these little openings and whatnot. And for half the time I was just flying in sport mode, just cruising around, you know, going through the building because you can fly a Cinewhoop like that. And, and nobody'd be able to tell like, Oh, you're flying in sport mode and not manual.
0: Yeah. Cause it's almost got like this pseudo bank mode on it. It's, it's yeah. not even like a, it's got a term on it, but it, it does. That's just the way sport mode flies is it's got this weird, like auto bank mode. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I agree with that. And I had the same experience. I flew this for a job for a, a college that's nearby and they wanted me to fly through their basketball arena. And for the first, you know, 15 minutes of that flight, I was in sport mode. Cause I thought this is really all I need. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I, I really, I like the about it now in terms of like an FPV two, what do you think they could do better than what they did with the FPV one?
1: Well, I think a better camera, make it more rigid. Um, I think that they, I, I think that those are really the two big things that they could probably improve upon. Um, I think that the flight time is good for what it is being an FPV drone. Um, I think that they definitely of course need to make a compatible with the new goggles. That would be nice, right? The new goggles are a lot better in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I, I think that those are the two big things that people would, would harp on. Um, you know, and I think that the power and the speed is good, but again, like I'm almost afraid to use all that speed. Cause if I crash the drone, I'm probably gonna have to replace it. <laughs> like
0: there's <laughs> no way around it. Well, Jordan, you flew FPV before the FPV drone came out, correct?
2: Yeah, but that, I mean, that was just like a little Emacs tiny hawk. That's actually how I learned, um, Which it was still, I mean, it wasn't like the most perfect learning because like I crashed the shit out of that thing and it was like super tiny, (laughs) little sun loop and like you could crash the shit out of it and have it just not even break. And then eventually one day I think I hit a tree limb and like it ripped one of the motors off or something and uh, I tried to fix it, couldn't, and then I just wound up getting rid of it. (laughs) Uh, Like, I am in no, like, I am not a fixer of drones, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's like, I, I love flying FPV, but I just don't
1: want to fix or build or repair or any of that stuff. You know what I mean? I I just want something that I can buy and is ready to go, but I still would prefer something that's like, you know, uh, fairly durable. Like a lot of people are saying DJI FPV carbon carbon frame. Like that'd be beautiful.
2: Well, I, so originally, like, I was kind of hoping that DJI was going to put something out that would have been modular, like, because the yeah. first FPV drone that I had from DJI I actually wound up crashing it, and I broke the arm and stuff on it. Uh, they sent me an entirely brand new FPV, just for, like, a replacement, but I nice. think that they, honestly, they could curve the market and this aspect of just being able to take like an arm off and then just simply like clip it in replace it and screw it back on. Like, yep.
1: Like, yeah, you could- look, they, they can make it so easy to the point where like on the body, there's like different modules that fit into certain areas, you know, like here's the GPS module, like right put that in, here's the, um, here's the camera, just, you know, snap that on the front. And so that if anything does break, you know, you just look at what's been broken and just build it back up and give it a carbon frame so that the frame just basically never dies. Like, it's just always going to be good, you know? Yeah. But uh, also, I think that what DJI and a lot of these companies do is just come out with something. And the prime example is the Mini 1. They're like, we need a Mini 2. Let's not give it 4K at first. Let's hold it back and then give it 4K later. So you just got to imagine, like, what they're thinking about in their mind and what their game plan is beforehand as as bad as it sounds to just squeeze as much money out of something as they can, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, the, they The Mavic 3 yeah. is, like, a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, what is it? their SE or the Classic or something that I've been seeing on, like, Twitter and… Well,
1: you know, I think that, I think that I was like a
2: non-believer
1: in the classic. I was like, you know, why would they release this drone? It's going to kill the airline of drones. Like I had a lot of, a lot of thoughts as to like, why would they do this? Um, but then once I saw them release the Mavic Enterprise and the Mavic Thermal, the Mavic 3 Enterprise and Mavic 3 Thermal, and they reused the same body style, I got it. Like, it was like, they're just going to save money by just reusing the same airframe and they're going to sell it at a cheaper price because now they're mass producing it. And they're, they've got all these different revenue streams from just the one airframe. But I also think that that makes it really boring to just use the same drone. Cause it, you know, you look at the drones, they
0: all have their own like characteristics and personality. Yeah. It was so exciting when the, the they came out with the three at first. <laughs> Because it's like mm-hmm. I'd been flying the Mavic 2 for the longest time. And then seeing the new style of the Mavic 3, I was like, that's really sharp. It almost made like yeah. my buyer appeal even higher, like that curbside mm-hmm. appeal. I'm like, that's sexy. You know, I want to buy that drone.
1: Yeah. I mean, look at their lineup. It was Spark, Mavic Air, Mavic Pro, Phantom, and Spire. So they all hit a different demographic or different type of pilot person that's going to be flying. And then... They also kind of had their own personality. They had their own name. They had their own style, their own colors, their own look. And I really liked that. And then we just kind of got these three Mavic drones, Mavic Mini, Mavic Pro, or Mavic Mini, Mavic Air, Mavic Pro, Mavic 3, Mavic 2, whatever, right? So they all kind of went to the same naming style, the same design. And I guess they just found that winning formula. They are like, Mavic is a great name. We're just going to keep
0: pounding the pavement with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A question before we, we move on, um, I am curious. I haven't had a chance to get on YouTube yet today. Uh, mm-hmm. So Ma- the Mavic Enterprise, Have you did, they, did you get sent a unit that you're doing any reviews on?
1: Yeah, so I uh, dropped a video yesterday on the Mavic 3 Enterprise, which is basically the Mavic 3. It's like the same exact thing. It just has an auxiliary LED on the top. It's got a mounting point at the front for some of the attachments. Um, and it also has a mechanical shutter inside of that camera. So this is going to be like an absolute beast for mapping. So you're going to be able to, um, use this drone drone deploy works with it. I have a beta version of their app on the RC pro, but that's a huge addition because drone deploy has never run on like a third party, you know, um, Remote controller. It's always just been through iOS or Android, but they now have it as a beta app for the enterprise. And it's just going to be the, the best mapping drone that you can buy, period. I mean, I've been using the Mavic 2 Pro because it's portable, but now you have the Mavic 3. It's small. It's portable, foldable. You have the RTK module for, you know, increased accuracy when mapping. You have the flight time of 45 minutes, which is insane. The transmission of OcuSync 3, the ability to just use the built-in remote controller and not have to use a phone or tablet. So it has a lot of things going for it. And I don't do much mapping work, but I do uh, have a lot of stockpile measurement jobs that I do, which requires mapping. So basically the drone flies overhead, takes a bunch of photos, stitch them together, and then take the volume measurement. And, um, There's times where there's like a lot and there's three piles on each of, you know, each corner of the lot. And what I can now do is have it map all three of them, probably on one battery, whereas before I'd have to like do one and then half and then land and then do the next half and then the next
0: one. So that flight time is going to be huge. Oh, absolutely. And in terms of like the difference between the enterprise and the thermal, I don't know if you got just the enterprise or both or, you know, what are the big I mean, aside from the thermal camera, what Mm -hmm. are the big differences between the payloads on those? So it's
1: the same exact drone across the board. It's just a different camera and the, the, uh, thermal version of the Mavic 3 just has three sensors in it. So they, they don't have a laser rangefinder in it. That's what's found in like the M30 and the H20, the larger drone. So no laser rangefinder, but you do have a wide camera. You've got a zoom camera and you also have, um, a thermal camera. So the zoom camera is the same exact zoom camera as found on the Mavic 3. So that's exactly the same. The wide camera is just like a, you know, like a cell phone size sensor wide camera kind of used for just snapping photos, whatever. It's nothing special. And then the thermal camera is what we're used to seeing. It's a 640 by 512 sensor. So nice high resolution, sharp image. But the one issue is that it doesn't take radiometric photographs, which means You're not able to bring these photographs onto your computer and then analyze them and pull the heat data from that picture. So like uh, a radiometric photo, you can compare it to a raw photograph. It stores a lot of data inside of it so that you can change the boundaries of your upper and lower limit based on like what the camera sees in terms of heat. So you can kind of adjust that to to see further issues if you're doing an aerial inspection. And then um, you also have the ability to like click on a spot and find the temperature of that spot so i think that's kind of dji's way of saying hey this is going to be a great drone but there's still some limitations to it because of course not being radiometric is basically a software limitation at this point
0: (laughs) do you think that they'll ever upgrade that software so that it will be radiometric or is that is that like a limitation they're putting on it to encourage people to maybe go with the m30
1: I think that it is encouragement to go with the M30, but I also saw what DJI did with the Mavic 2, and I think they're going to follow their footsteps with the Mavic 3. So they came out with the Mavic 2 Enterprise Dual and the Mavic 2 Enterprise Zoom, two different versions of the drone. And the um, the uh, the thermal camera was shit. <laughs> like it was 160 <laughs> pixels. It was not. It was worth nothing. Like you needed to be. 30 feet away to actually tell what something was on that thermal camera. So it was more of like a proof of concept, right? And then after that, fast forward a year, they come out the Mavic 2 Enterprise Advanced, that is both the drones combined together. So now that they've done this, I see a Mavic Enterpri- a Mavic 3 Enterprise and a Mavic 3 Thermal, and I see them in a year from now coming out with a Mavic 3 Enterprise Advanced that is that still has the Micro Four Thirds sensor, that has the mechanical shutter, but there's also like a thermal camera off to the side. So I could see them, coming out with something like that in the future
2: uh, yeah that's
0: to interrupt you guys real quick I- i'll be right back go ahead okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i d- i hope he doesn't blow away there's uh, a hurricane is <laughs> blowing through right yeah. now and it's like he's, we didn't even know if jordan was gonna make it <laughs> he's going to batten down the hatches make sure his <laughs> generator's turned like... on <laughs> So, you know, I don't I want to be careful when I ask this question, um, just because I know there's a lot of curiosity out there, especially with people that are aspiring to sort of build what you've built. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, your relationship with drone manufacturers, uh, you you know, you get the drones a little bit ahead of time so that you can do a review video and release that on the Mm -hmm. day of release. It seems like how, you know. Tell us a little bit, as as much as you can anyway, about what those relationships are like. I mean, how did they come to be and, you know, how how do you maintain those relationships?
1: Yeah. So I guess we'll start from the beginning, right? Like how they came to be for me was mostly either reaching out to them or them reaching out to me. And kind of like, it's funny because sometimes you can change hands within like a company, like someone that you're dealing directly with. Like sometimes it can, someone can get promoted and then you're working with somebody else or somebody could leave the company and then you work with somebody else. And sometimes someone leaves a company and goes to another company and like you start talking to them based on like that prior connection. So, you know, the way that I've made connections just in general with companies, whether it's uh, drone companies or software companies or drone accessory manufacturers is basically just by reaching out to them or them reaching out to me and figuring out kind of like what we can do to make a video. So, you know, a lot of the times, like most of the drones I review on my channel, I've gotten for free and have just been sent to me, but there's really been no um no incentive to like make a, a favorable review of them, right? Like if someone wanted to say like, hey, I'm working with DroneDeploy, for example, on some upcoming videos, and they are asking me to make some videos, like some some different topics. And I kind of told them, I was like, I don't want any money for them because that would be weird for them to pay me to make a video about how to use DroneDeploy just because I feel like people would – it would kind of muddy the waters, right? Like, hey, this video is sponsored by DroneDeploy. Here's how you use their software, right? So some people might call me stupid because I'm leaving money on the table, but other people might appreciate, like, that I'm not trying to muddy those waters in that sense. So you know, really, the way that it works is like when a new drone comes out, you know, I get an email and it's like, you know, we have this new thing coming out. Do you want to try it? And it's usually like a yes. And then from there, it's basically like all, all, all. I guess uh, creative direction is put in my in my territory in my uh, in my hands, I guess. Right. And from there, it's up to me to try the drone out, make videos on it, and do things like that. And you know, I never, at least, I don't think I've made a negative review, but really what it comes down to is I wouldn't review anything that's bad. I mean, you were talking about a drone that you got for a review, right? And it wasn't very good. And like, if I got something that wasn't very good, I would straight up tell them, I'm not making a video on this because it's not good. Like, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste everybody else's time. I'm not going to change my opinion on it. If someone asks me, is this a good product? I'm going to flat out say no, but I'm not going to waste my time making this whole slam piece video on it because it just doesn't benefit anybody. Like, to give you an example, that new Insta360 Sphere, have you seen that, like, camera? It sucks. Like, I, I have it. I've got one they asked me to make a video on it. And I said, I'm not making a video because you're not going to be happy with my video. There's, there's nothing good that comes from that camera in any regard. And it's just like, I would rather not make a video about it because it's going to waste everybody's time. So, you know, the, the relationships are cool and whatever. And I always try to keep an open dialogue, but really at the end of the day, the biggest thing that's important to me is just like the integrity because, um, you know, and, and, and it's so hard to keep that integrity when there's really only one big player being DJI. Like, you know, mm. when, when I get a new drone from Autel, I get the Nano and I'm flying it because they sent it to me. And it's like, this drone is great, but also there's just so many issues with it that I want to
0: go back to my mini. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's, it, you know, it's an interesting dynamic. And for people that are trying to build their audience, like Jordan and myself, we're trying to build like the community that's around our channel. It, there's There's two ways to go about it and i mean there's pros and cons for each side you can go with the the quick you know shot in the arm you know purchase subscribers which isn't even even ethical but yeah. you can do that and get tons and tons of numbers or you can sort of build slowly to a community that it, appreciates the content that you're putting out mm-hmm. what I think is so impressive about you Billy and Ken um I'd love to get him in here sometime too but uh I'll poke him what for I think you. is so impressive <laughs> uh what I think is so impressive about you guys is you've got the best of both worlds I mean when I get on your videos and I watch a review that you do or I watch just a commentary video that you do on a particular product or a topic in the industry people You've got so many followers, but you've also got quality followers. People are actually engaging in constructive conversation with you and with other people on your thread. Um, that, That cannot be understated.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, that's a big thing about the drone community, too. A lot of tight-knit people. So it's not I, – i thank you for that. I mean, really, that's a, that's a great compliment. But it's not only just me. It's really just the people that make up this community. There's so many outstanding people that fly drones for a hobby and for commercial use. And it's really like everybody's in it together. And, you know, you've got some bad eggs here and there. But really, for the most part, like the people that make up this community are just awesome. So that, that really is a huge thing that has
0: to do with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Jordan, I saw you were flashing oh, something that. on the, the screen. What, what what would you have down there? I had
2: to go get my GoPro. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: doing time lapses of the hurricane, like the clouds ah, and
2: stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I had uh, left this guy out there and it was getting real windy outside. You got to, you got to mount it. You got to like, uh, put a suction cup on the window
1: or
0: something.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, I don't think that I, would be a use case. I, I just, that would be a use case for GoPro. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. If you ever want to just take videos
2: during a hurricane a GoPro is the way to go. Cause they're waterproof. Uh, I actually just put this on a crappy tripod cause this is a seven. So I wasn't really worried if it blew away, but. Do you guys great. know what, uh, you guys know what GoPro labs is?
1: You know, I've heard it. I don't know what it is, though. It's basically like beta software that people at GoPro have made, like GoPro engineers. They make these different, like, features and whatnot for it where you can, like, take advantage of certain aspects of the camera. And, like, you go to their GoPro Labs website and it has a QR code and you scan using your GoPro. You scan the QR code and it just, like, spits out or it, it, like, restarts your camera and it starts up in, like, a different function. So you kind of can like enable these different features. So to your point, what's really cool is you can actually enable these cameras to do a long term time lapse. They call it a construction time lapse. To the point where the camera has using its its internal um, its internal um, time, it'll actually turn on, take a photo, and then turn off. And it sits there and off. And then it turns on, takes a photo, and then turns off. And you can specify all of the intervals and stuff like that. So Bro, you can awesome. have the cam, you can have the camera with its internal battery shooting for like seven
2: days, like up to a full oh, week on on a different oh, interval. That's insane, man! I didn't know, wow. I had no idea about that. I'm gonna have to look yeah. at that now. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I
1: work with some people like in the construction industry, and they always ask for time lapses, and I've always been trying to look for a good way to do it. And there's a lot of different options, but some of them are just crazy expensive and others are just so cheap that it's just, it's not a good fit. So I was doing all this research and finally, like, I mean, I had to really dig to find that there was even this feature within GoPro Labs and I found it and I was like, there's no way this is the thing. I was like, I've been doing research for so long. There's no way that it's this easy. And it was, I was like, I, I can't believe it. So the big thing that you really need to figure out is if you're going to put it on a job site for a month at a time.
0: How do you provide power? Because it's only going to be, you know, shooting for like seven days-ish, so... This episode of the Let's Talk Drones podcast is brought to you by The Droning Company, the number one online resource for commercial remote pilots based in the United States. If you've got your part 107, there's no reason not to check out The Droning Company at thedroningcompany.com and across all major social media platforms. They've got a second-to-none job board plus a fully customizable profile for you on your pilot page. You can add pictures, videos, any work that you've done, whether it's mapping, multimedia, thermals, whatever it is you use drones for you can put your work on your professional profile you can use that passively on the website or actively as a portfolio that you send to other companies that you want to do drone work for there's really no reason not to sign up and the best part of the droning company is they take nothing off the top off of any jobs that you get on their online job board if it says $300 you get $300 no strings attached again check them out online the droningcompany.com and across all major social media Platforms. That's pretty well, crazy. I mean, you know, I, guess, I
2: guess if it only if it only shoots for like a week, I mean, that's that's just like your uh, weekly go to check it out, replace the battery type of thing.
1: Yeah, do that. Or you know, usually these job sites have power somehow. So you could just tell like the project manager, like, hey, look, just you can unplug the GoPro during the day and leave it unplugged for a couple days. But like over the weekend,
0: just please make sure you just plug it in and you know whatever. So not bad. Yeah, is there a way to just for that specific use? Is there a way to monitor it remotely? Yeah, there's of, That would be interesting. <laughs> Look, that
1: that's that's another thing, and that's what you pay for when you go with some of these other platforms. Um, but you know what I what I've wanted to mess with is like, how can I get it? You know how the GoPros now upload automatically to the cloud. Yeah, My my whole thing was how can I get it so that I can keep it connected to Wi-Fi and powered on so when it takes the photo, it uploads the photo using the GoPro cloud, that subscription service, so that I can look on my phone and say, oh, hey, look, I've got, you know, 10 photos from today. It turned on 10 times, took 10 photos. That's what I wanted. And then say, okay, good. It's good for the day, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that's that's interesting. Sorry. I'm it didn't work
1: it, 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 no, it, did, it, oh. it didn't. work because the camera would turn off immediately after taking the photo. So it didn't have enough time to upload. So oh, it's there, okay. but it's not perfect.
2: Well, I was going to say that there's that, uh, it, I don't know if it's still free or whatever, but like a couple of years ago, there was the Alfred app where like, if you had an extra cell phone, you could like put it up as like a security camera in your house. But what it would do is it would log you in through your email. And then it would just connect the two phones together. So you like, if I took this phone on a trip or something, I could still watch that. And so like, I think that's maybe how the only way I think you might be able to get to work. That could be cool for remote monitoring. Magic lantern a little bit. That GoPro I don't know what that is. Magic lantern. All right. So a long story short, there's a, what's like a, like a camera, like, hmm. You could basically take like a shitty camera and have like raw and like 5.7 K and shit on it. So like if you bought like a cheap cam, like a cheap Canon M50, well, at the time it was like the M3, I think, but you could take that store, the magic lantern onto it and then turn the camera on and change every setting in the camera. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people they would do is they would buy like a cheap old mirrorless Canon camera, like an M100 or an M3 or whatever they were, put Magic yeah. Lantern on that, and then shoot at like 5.7K with like a 14 stops of dynamic range. It was fucking crazy. no way. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that it, is wild. filled around <laughs> too, but it's only for like older DSLRs and mirrorless cameras. <laughs>
0: Shit, dogs are going. Get the clock. <laughs> dogs going crazy. Get the clock, Billy. <laughs> So that, that's sort of something too, that, you know, this, this is let's talk drones. And of course, Billy, you're, you're associated with the drone community for sure, but your channel has a lot more to offer than just drone technology. I mean, you also do a lot of camera technology too. I've tried, but I just don't get the same traction on it.
1: And I think that, I think that my whole thing is like, when I look at the return on investment on videos like that, when I try to do other stuff, it's kind of like, I don't know, it, it's almost not worth the time. Do you know what I mean? Because like yeah. it, it's not it's not that I'm making much money per video off of ad revenue anyway, but it's just like the amount of interaction and the amount of people that come to the videos and it's it's just everything to the point where you, you work hard to make this video and you only get like a thousand views. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. some of my videos only get like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, th- it, it happens to the point where, like, you look at it and you just barely get any views on a video. And sometimes it happens for a lot of different reasons. Even a drone video yeah. might not get many
2: views, you know? Uh, I'll, I will say this, man. Uh, there's one video I didn't think would ever take off, and it was for the Canon 75 to 300 kilns. Yeah, and it did good. Like fifty thousand views on it. It's, it's stupid. It's so crazy, man. It's it, And
1: what I love is, like, being able to – do a video on something, not think it's going to go anywhere. And then look back in like three months and go, Whoa, that took off. (laughs)
2: Like, you know, yeah, Yeah. well, mine took like about a year, man. I didn't even realize it until it it could be, it could be any time. And then YouTube will just start promoting it. I like, I was like, man, I'm like, Hmm, where do I keep getting all these uh, subs from? And then finally I was just like, Oh, that's where it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting.
0: It's also, you know, I found there's a lot of nuances with YouTube, too. It's like you have to find the right time of day, the right day of the week. You know, yeah. there's a lot that goes into that. And, you know, with like the review videos, like the initial release review videos um, that a lot of YouTubers do in the drone in, uh, vertical, it's it's I don't want to say easy because what you do isn't easy, but like you're sort of handed that because everybody's going to be talking about it that day. Okay. Yeah. The Mavic three enterprise came out today. I want to know about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but everything in between, it's like, you got to sort of find the sweet spot. When are people online? When are people looking at these videos? Yeah, that's
1: true. It's true. And it, it's sometimes trial and error because sometimes you might upload something and it just totally flops. And then also sometimes you're just straight up at the mercy of the platform that you're posting on, because sometimes my Instagram story, I'll post it and like, it gets 300 views. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And then I'll post another time and it gets 1200 views. And I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. Like these are people that follow me online and it's like, I post on this day and it gets this many views. So that means that Instagram served to this many people. But then I look at like, you know, another time when I post and I'm like, I got a fourth of the views. It just sometimes doesn't make any sense.
2: No, it doesn't.
0: It really doesn't. And I think with, I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, being on YouTube, I, I can sort of guess where you're at. I'm I definitely prefer long form content. So I would rather yeah. do a 15 minute YouTube video as opposed to a 30 second reel or short or whatever. But it'll be interesting to see how YouTube continues to progress with the shorts. It, it sort of had a high point, And I think it's sort of coming back down a little bit, but I don't know if they're going to continue to put energy into that or not.
1: Yeah, I, I, l- I like creating longer form content like that's just me. You know, so I don't know what their plans would be in the future. I think that the shorts like app or the, the shorts section of the app is like garbage. Like they, they need to really improve it because Instagram and TikTok are doing it way better.
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know. I'm not crazy about the shorts anyways. Cause it like, I mean, when you make a like a like a regular review or something, it's like, you put your heart and soul into doing that, but then it's like, you just, if you have to make, like, a 30-second video, it's like, all right, well, here's just a piece of garbage I created.
1: <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's some really good short-form videos, but to me, uh, like, I, I I, think that it has its place, but I think that long-form content is
0: here to stay for the, the long haul, you know? Oh, for sure. For yeah. Sure. I've got a buddy. He's a photographer out of uh, central Pennsylvania. His name is Matt Sherwood, mm-hmm. and he does some really great content, but he's sort of leaned into the opposite side. He does longer form YouTube videos, but he sort of leaned into the shorts, and he's having a lot of success with views and subscribers. But the, the interesting thing about shorts is, and I think that they did this on purpose, the watch time you get from your short doesn't count towards your channel or your monetization yeah. level. So, you know, and I think <clears throat> the reason they did that is because, yeah, it's only 30 seconds, but if you get 150,000 views on it, well, that's that's a lot of watch time. That's a mm-hmm. lot of watch time. And it's so. also
1: very interesting. You know, you brought up the fact that there's a lot of genuine interaction within the drone community. And, I, you know, I think it depends on, like, what type of videos you're making. But I also think that you can grow a more genuine audience by creating long-form content than just the short little quick videos, right? Like, those people that are on TikTok that are making the quick little videos, you know, even though they might have – x amount of followers i mean i've seen i've seen videos before where people with two million followers on tiktok have a meetup and nobody shows up you know what i mean because like Mm -hmm. they don't have like genuine fans or genuine followers so i think that that's something important regardless of what you do if you're trying to build a brand or a following you've got to make sure that the people that are coming to your channel it's like it's like the people that are coming are are there for you, you know what I mean, and they're not just mm-hmm. there because of that quick one little funny video. Uh, and was a funny statistic to share with people is even though my channel has as many subscribers as it, subscribers as it does, I only—I think I'll double check here, but like in the past, I don't know, twenty twenty-eight days, eighty-five percent of my views come from non-subscribed channels.
0: <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah, that's, right? Uh... That's a constant battle, and I mean, even outside of the drone vertical, you look at people like um, Cinnamon Toast Ken and PewDiePie and Markiplier, those guys that are like sort of the the platinum standard YouTubers, they they face the same battle all the time. It's, it's like mm-hmm. it's a disproportionate amount of people are not subscribed to their channel.
2: Well, yeah, also, and, I don't and, know if you guys have the, the new YouTube studio. That's pretty nice. I just got it. It's yeah, nice. Not bad. Um,
1: sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, no, it it is nice. I like the layout. And I'm looking here, not subscribed YouTube channels, 85% over the last 28 days. And then you look over the lifetime and it's 87%. So 87% of my total views have come from people not even subscribed to my YouTube channel. And part of me is like, but like, there's a lot of different emotions that come with that. It's like, first of all, why are people that are subscribed to me not watching my videos? What's going on with that? Right. But second of all, yeah, what? Yeah. See, it's crazy. But then second of all, Second of all, here's the thing is that YouTube is still promoting your videos. So it's a good thing, right? It's like, wow, people that aren't subscribed to my channel are watching my videos, which means that it's popping up in the search. It's popping up in the browse. Uh, People are sharing it with others that aren't subscribed to the channel. So I look at it as like a blessing and a curse. But honestly, probably it's more of a good thing than a bad thing. Because if if I had 95% of people that were subscribed, I'd be like, man. People aren't finding
0: my channel, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah, that's very true. And and you know, it's go ahead, go ahead. No, no you go, you go. No, you mean, go.
1: Just to 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 finish that part up. I mean, I think that it's based on the type of content you make. I mean, I make tutorial videos, so I think that people have a question. They're like, "How do I do this?" And then they find it. They go, "Okay, thanks." And then they log off. So I think that there's a lot of people that come to my channel for that and don't subscribe and stick around because they need to know how to do that one thing. And my video
2: shows them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "All right, thanks," and then they go,
1: <laughs> and then they go
2: do that thing. Yeah. Well it's like uh I, I you know, how many views do you think I would get if I flew a drone into my
0: balls? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably a lot. <laughs>
0: No, I, I think that that's a that's a place where shorts sort of has a home is those those quick like how to's, because, I you know, there are some people that are really good at it. You can do like a, I'm going to show you how to do this one thing, somebody that's really good at it. He not all of his videos are this way, but Bardwell is super good yeah. at that. Like mm-hmm. if you've got a specific question about an FPV build. Like, he, he has videos on that, or at least he has it chaptered out so that you can find that exact point in the yeah. video. But I think shorts are good for that because if you have a quick, like, hey, what do I do to set up my Mavic Air, uh, you know, to, to update it to the latest firmware? It, you can do that in 30 seconds. That doesn't require, like, a 20-minute video, you know?
1: That's true, but also shorts aren't as searchable, you know? So like, that's true. That's the one issue. Like shorts are more of like, I'm going to look at this in the moment right now, share it with some friends and I'm going to forget about it for the rest of my life type of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's hard. That's true. YouTube does have a search function with shorts, but still, again, it's like not as, it's not as easy to find a short as it is to find like a regular video. So it's kind of difficult. Um, but I, um, you know, I think it's funny. I just I bought an I bought a second Nevada cuz I lost my first one when I was out in Vegas. And I lost <laughs> I it I lost it and then I found it and I lost it again and then I found it again. But the second time I lost it, I thought it was gone for good, so I ordered another one like immediately. I was like I want this to come as soon as possible. And then I found it and I forgot to cancel it and it showed up at my doorstep. So I'm like, well, you know what? It wouldn't be bad to have a second one of these because now I can really push it and if I lose one, at least I've got a backup. So, yeah. um you know, I've got that hanging around and I didn't know how to pair the goggles with the control or goggles with the the drone. I was like, is it in the settings? I'm I'm looking around. So I I looked it up on YouTube. I was like, how do I pair the goggles V2 to the, um, to the, whatever it's called to the Avada. I watched a seven minute video and it wasn't until four (laughs) minutes in that he said that there was a button in the middle of the goggles. And it's like, I skipped ahead to that part. So I wasn't there for four minutes, but I'm just like, you know, I hate, I would hate for any poor soul who had to watch this entire video to just figure out there's a button. I could have made that video in five seconds. Hey, you want to pair your v- V2 goggles to the Avada? Click this button.
0: Be like, All right, thanks. <laughs> it was great. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I, it's there's like a balance. And yeah, I mean, when you're going through in a complete review, people are willing to sit down and watch a 15, 20-minute video, even longer yeah. sometimes. But if you're doing, right, a quick how-to people have got about three minutes of yeah, patience, get, you know, get
1: me in and out. Like you don't have to add this fluff. Like he's talking about the history of FPV drones and stuff. And I'm like, bro, I just want to know how to connect this thing. You told me in your title, you're <laughs> going to tell me how to connect it. Just tell me how to connect it.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that's, and that's the thing. I think it's a lesson you learn like later on, like the difference between the types of content you want to produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still real bad at that. Cause like,
2: uh, I, have noticed, I, Two or three minutes into the video, I'm like, fuck, man. I'm like,
0: I really got to just get to the fucking points already. Yeah. Well, you know, the, on the topic of the pairing of the goggles with the the Avada, I would say the only negative experience I've had with that, I'm looking at it, it's like staring at me from across the room. Uh, the only negative experience I've had with that is in the pairing. Uh, there was a big up with DJI with the goggles, like going switching between the Avada and the FPV and then the air unit. Yeah. That's, that's a lot easier than it ever has been. Yep. But I wish that you could, like, create a profile within the goggles. So it's like you just select the profile, and then it's ready to pair. You know, you don't have to power it on, power it off. That would be really great.
1: You know, the connection between DJI peripherals and their drones is just a complete nightmare because, like, even – like, I have one – RCN1 controller that's just like out and I switch that between my Air 2, my Air 2S, my Mini 2. Sometimes I connect to my Mavic 3 because I need to do a screen recording and I want to use my iPhone. So I have this like one RCN1 controller that is just like the community controller and connects to all my drones. And when I whenever I want to switch from like say the Mavic 3 to the Air 2S, it needs to do a little firmware update. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's got to do this firmware update. It's there for a minute. It's finished. It downloads and installs. But it's still, it's just like, it's such a it's such a hassle to jump between things. It's such a hassle to switch drones. And it could just be so much easier, in my opinion, you know?
0: It could be. But when you're at the top of the mountain, arguably, you know, why why would you invest the time in that when nobody else is really even doing what you're doing? <laughs> I know. I mean,
1: you know, we we should be expecting to see an Altel Evo 3 around now. And I just don't even think that they have anything remotely ready.
0: They've been going through a lot of internal changes, I think, um, yeah. personnel and stuff like that. And I, I don't know how that's going to affect production, but I do love Autel. Like I've flown the the Evo Light Plus. So that's a fantastic drone. The Evo is um, nice. or the, the light is nice. Yeah, I, it's just it's I think that's the closest thing out there to like the the Air 2S. I mean, yep. it's it really does rival it. I don't want to say it's better or worse, but it definitely rivals it. I totally agree. Yeah. So, well, we are running down on time here. I don't want to take up too much of your time tonight, Billy, but I I do want to ask you just uh, one more question here. Yeah. You know, if if you were talking to somebody that's just getting started, they want to do what you're doing. They want to become somebody that's, uh, you know, very knowledgeable, influential within the drone industry. You know, what would be your advice as they start that journey? If you could go back and change anything that you did or just like really support, like, hey, I did this and it worked for me, you know, what would that be? I would say don't be
1: afraid to be yourself on the camera and just just don't be afraid to be on camera. That's number one. Uh, and number two is continue to grind, continue to post, and continue to be consistent. So to kind of elaborate on that, you know, I'm kind of going through it right now because I'm trying to start a second channel about electric vehicles. And it's tough because I've got like 100 subs and I'm barely getting any videos or any views per video. But I know that like I had to go through that grind of having no subscribers on the channel to start something and to rise to a position where you you have a larger channel and you can bring in that audience and bring in those views because people know who you are and people are like, well, hey, I've seen his other videos, so his next video is gonna be good, right? So you always wanna be consistent Because you never know when you're going to start to see that balloon up. And really you can compare it to like lifting weights or working out, you know, like you could, you could run like three times, but you're not going to see direct results. But if you just continue to run for a month and two months, you're going to say, whoa, wait, hey, I'm feeling really good and I'm, I'm in shape, right? So the same thing is like true with YouTube videos. It's like, if you have an idea and if you are trying to execute it as perfectly as possible, I understand that, you know, there's people that are perfectionists out there. I myself am one of them. But you've got to understand that, like, as long as you just be consistent and provide some sort of worth with your videos and someone out there enjoys them, that's enough to just continue to go. So consistency is huge. And also, like, being afraid to be on camera, that's something that I dealt with in the beginning and still sometimes, like if I'm in a busy parking lot, I don't want to talk to the camera because I'm like a little bit afraid. Like I, I was shooting a video on elec- on my um, Tesla today for my electric vehicle channel. And I was at the Tesla charger talking about this new adapter and it was filled. There was like six other people there standing right behind me. And I was like, I'm just going to shoot it. I'm just going to film it. I really don't care what these people think of me. So being able to have that good camera presence is really what's going to make people want to come back. And I think that both of of you guys really have it. I mean, looking through your videos, you both know how to look at the camera, you know how to command the the video, you know how to direct the video, you know how to keep people wanting to come back. And that's all, you know, prevalent when you just watch somebody who is good on camera. And and I think that that's going to really be able to take someone far, but don't, and I'm almost conflicting myself. Don't, don't make that an excuse to not post videos like, hey, I'm not gonna be consistent because I'm not good on camera. If you can combine those two things, being good on camera and being consistent,
2: you're you'll become an unstoppable force. Oh yeah. Uh, like that's if, if that's I don't solid have advice. a video lined up, if I don't have a video lined up, I just make whatever I can just to put it out there just to like have content. Yeah, you know. and look, oh, good. Oh, did you uh did you get to drive that Lamborghini by any chance?
1: No, I didn't. But that thing was sweet, right? <laughs> no, no. That's some dude that lives in my apartment complex. I'm just like, nice dude. You got a Lambo? Sweet. I <laughs> wonder what you do for a living. Yeah, uh, right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no. I and and you're right. Now I I've. I'm in. I'm in a position where I'd almost sometimes rather wait a week to like post something that's really, really good. But sometimes I'm also in that in that mindset where I'm like, I haven't posted in so long. Like, I just need to do something that I'm able to post. So there's a lot of different ways to go about it. But really, at the end of the day, just do whatever you think is going to be right, and you're going to end up coming out on the top. You know, towards the end, if you just continue to stick with it.
0: Yeah, that's that's solid advice. Now, a lot of people watching this are going to probably either be already be following you or be be aware of your channels. But I just want to give you the opportunity to run down social media, even your EV channel. I'd love to, you know, get that out there.
1: Yeah. So I pretty much is just my name, Billy Kyle, which I've been fortunate enough to choose that name because I didn't pinhole myself into like calling myself a drone channel. So if I do want to pivot, I can in the future, hope, who knows? Whatever, but you know it, it's <laughs> it's nice to kind of have that because it's like you're, you're building your own personal brand. So yeah, my, uh, just look for Billy Kyle. That's that's my name pretty much on all the platforms. It's just a picture of my my ugly mug, so you'll be able to find me. And then my Tesla channel is also super simple. It's just my first name, just Billy. So and that's not really searchable right now, but I've been trying to like cross pollinate with my channel over onto there to kind of ignite that algorithm. And that's another thing too is like when you first start something that's huge is sharing out your videos. I mean, I credit Reddit to a lot of the first views that I got on my channel because what I would do is like I would see some people talking about a topic and I'd jump in on Reddit and say, hey, look, you know, here's my thoughts on that topic. And it was my YouTube video. So people would come and watch my video. And once YouTube was like, hey, there's a lot of views coming to this channel, they would then start to promote the videos more. So I would say share your videos. When I first started, I remember, like, I'd upload a video and I'd send it to my mom, my dad, my cousin, my girlfriend, my roommates. Like, everybody, like, yo, like, like this video and, like, watch it halfway through. Because it, it just helps. It helps propel that algorithm. So
0: share the video as much as possible because that's really going to help. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, what about you? Well, I know that we, you've already shared on our platform, but I want to give you an opportunity too. Where can I, where can people find you? Uh, at my house. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't blow away tonight, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh,
2: no, all right. So uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Vero, as well as YouTube. It should all just be my name as well. Uh, maybe visuals at the end. I think that's what my YouTube is. Billy, are you on Vero? I am on Vero. Yeah, I just jumped on. I
1: haven't been posting much, but I am on there. Are you? Yes. I'll have to uh, Is it just? Here. Is it just your name? Probably. Yeah, Vero's, yeah, Vero's a pretty cool I platform. I don't
2: like it as it yeah, cool, you know, it, much. It's actually pretty nice because it, I feel that there's more engagement on Vero than uh, I get on Instagram anymore. Well, Instagram is just horrible for posting photos. I mean, I post a reel and it gets,
1: you know – three hundred likes, I post a photo, it gets, you know, seventy five. It's like yeah. Instagram is really just becoming a video only platform, it seems.
2: Well it's it's even weird too, because like I I was posting uh like I don't know, almost a a an FPV video daily for a reel and just maybe like two hundred views or whatever. So I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. 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 I,
0: I like Vero. It's, it's definitely something different. What I, what makes me uneasy and it's not really like a bad uneasiness is just like, it's hard to read. Like, you know, when you use Instagram or you use Twitter, there's a certain way to use it to get the most engagement that you can. Vero doesn't really have that fleshed out yet. And that's sort of makes it a little bit weird for me.
1: I agree. But it's also like the wild West. Like it kind of reminds me of what Instagram was when it first started, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. So, well, Billy, thank you so much for your time yeah, today, hey, Jordan. Thank, thank you for again, my on. friend. Hey, man. Yeah, man, of man. course. We'll have to do it again. Totally. And, uh, we'll also have to get together and fly. I mean, you're only, what, two and a half, three hours away. Yeah, so- I'm, not, <laughs> so- I'm not
1: far. I mean, look, you know, I I, uh, I don't come out to that, that way often. But, hey, when, when the leaves change, I'm trying to go anywhere because it's going to be beautiful, especially throughout PA, man. I, I love PA
0: during the fall. Oh, absolutely. Underrated experience, really. It's totally. <laughs> we'll have to have you up. You know, oh, we were man. sort of joking before I do before I do wrap it up. But Jordan and I were sort of we had some back and forth right before this. And you know, with him living in Florida, Ken living in Florida, you and I living in Pennsylvania, we were, I was sort of like, are we the wish version of <laughs> Billy and Ken? Uh, no. <laughs> it, and you know what? I thought about it. I was like,
1: both of them need to fly up to PA or vice versa. We'll have to fly down to Florida and just have a big, uh, big drone meetup.
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that would be cool. After hurricane season over, I would say yeah. Billy, you know, let's go down there. <laughs> yeah, hey, look, once it
1: once it <laughs> once it hits um once it hits like you know the winter time, I'm game to go to Florida anytime because I want to uh, get away from
0: the cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, well hey, I'm Chris the drone geek. That's Jordan Handworker and of course Billy Kyle, and we are out of here. Peace. See ya. Yo yo, what you say? Steady screaming, yo, no rocky So, 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 so straight.